Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the director of formation for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And today, I'm also the producer I know. of the pod. Greg is uh, is doing important work in another one of his roles out of town right now, so I apologize in advance. If uh, if we don't do it as it's well not as, as Greg does, as nice as when Greg yeah. does it, but you know I did it for like five years, so I know, you know I have an idea what what's what to do. So you can expect the the quality of the first five years of the podcast <laughs> today. But shout out Boy, to to Greg. Yeah, this is gonna be a good one, everybody. Shout out to Greg, uh, and uh, we hope uh, safe travels for him uh, today and for everybody that's traveling with him. And we thank you for joining us on the podcast today again for this week leading up to Sunday, July 23rd, proper 11 in year A, just moving right along. We're Baha'ing through the gospel, <laughs> if you will. We're not dilly-dallying either. No. We are going to be talking about some weeds and some wheat today, some gnashing of teeth yes. for the first time in Matthew. Uh, the first of a few times we'll eventually talk about the weeping and gnashing of teeth. So fun one for us today. But before that, we do have God sightings. We do. And we have uh, an exciting God sighting from Charlotte today. Would you share what your God sighting is? Or, wait, it could be a consolation or a desolation, as we always invite. Yeah. You know, a consolation being when we it was easy to feel God's movement, and a desolation when it was harder to yeah. feel God's movement, like a desert place, you know. Well, and I and it's interesting, David, because I did, I had the joy, the great joy of worshiping at St. Andrews by the Sea yesterday, and yes. so I saw you. Yes, I was there. Um, and I mentioned that I was ready with a God sighting and that it was a desolation. Mm-hmm. And as I reflect on it, I don't know. Well, I guess I'm just going to share it because it, to me, it doesn't feel as though it was an absence of God's presence, but perhaps a place of sadness. Without further ado, this past Thursday night, I received a text from my sister. She was out walking with my nephew, and she sent me a picture of a one of the green barrels, which here in San Diego are the barrels that are for like plant waste, and Mm -hmm. they're going to the compost. Right. And sticking out of it was what I would describe as at least a 50-year-old staghorn fern, a staghorn fern that is my size, hmm. at least. Like, it, it, it stands upright about five feet tall. I'm 5'2", so hmm. almost my size. Hmm. And it's about four feet wide mm-hmm. and about two and a half feet deep. Mm-hmm. And it was in the compost. Mm-hmm. And my sister sent me a picture of it and said, is this what I think it is? And I said, yes. And she goes, should we get it? And I thought about it and I was like, I don't have anywhere to put this, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the podcast, but my house just has a patio. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, I don't have a big piece of land. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't have anywhere for this staghorn fern. So I showed it to Tim and then I like sat about it for like five minutes. And I just got so sad, David. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got so sad that this 50-year-old plant Mm -hmm. had been thrown in the compost. Mm -hmm. And... So I asked him if we could go and get it. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> so we did. Uh-huh. So um, and so we went and we got it and we brought it home and it's not in the best shape. The fronds on it are beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, they still look super green, but the lower area, the the ears that are on it, um, are brown and dry. Mm. And so. I started to wonder, like, is it savable? Have mm-hmm. I just created work for myself mm-hmm. that isn't going to be redeemed? And then I thought, well, I won't know if it's going to be redeemed until I do the work. So I spent all day Saturday traveling from nursery to nursery, talking to people who know much more about staghorn ferns than me mm-hmm. because never grown them before. Right. I guess, oh gosh, this is all going to go so well with our gospel discussion. How, <laughs> how funny. Um, but I guess I'm not going to know for a while. So I yeah. got lots of good advice about like not separating it now, mm-hmm. um, spending some time really getting it wet again, wa- mm-hmm. watering it multiple times a day, but only every other day, packing it with moss to help protect the roots that are behind it because it's an air plant. And maybe we can post some links to content about staghorn ferns for people to peruse if they want to. But it lives in a symbiotic relationship in the wild with a tree. It is not a parasitic plant. It doesn't Uh consume the tree. It's the debris falls into the back of these plants and that's what provides it its nutrients. And they also form a cup for water and that's how it gets its water. Uh So it's a symbiotic relationship Uh of these things. And lots of people grow them at their homes on cedar boards or freestanding and it just collects Uh the stuff. Um, And that's how it grows and maintains its life. And someone had thrown it in the trash thrown it in the trash. I wrestled with this. I mean, I got teary talking with people at garden centers as I talked to them about this plant being thrown in the trash. All I could think about is God must be so sad. Uh And that's where I kept coming to is God must be so sad. God must be so sad that this magnificent plant that was 50 years old, at least beautiful, resplendent, obviously happily growing wherever it was, had been thrown in the trash. And so then, of course, in my own personal internal wrestling that was going on as part of it, I was thinking about the way that it connects to people, too. Mm -hmm. And I was actually thinking, I'm in a season of things being revealed to me, and one of the things that keeps coming up for me personally is the way that we care for the seniors in our congregations. Mm -hmm. We oftentimes in congregational life get very focused on where are the young families, Mm -hmm. We look past those people that are sitting in our pews all those times, and how do we love and care for them too? And so I think that for me in all of this, I was thinking about how God feels about all of it, and it felt desolate to me, not an absence of God, but like a space where God was waiting for us to do something, to do some work. And in this one specific instance for me, it was obviously in the fact that <laughs> now I'm having to learn how, how to care for a staghorn fern yeah. because I needed another project. But regardless, right, like I, it wasn't viable for me to leave it in the recycle bin. I would have thought about it forever, mm-hmm. about the fact that I didn't do anything mm-hmm. about it and go and get this plant. And so... I guess I feel God in that. I feel that nudge from God in that about the way we care for creation Mm -hmm. and the way that we care for each other Mm -hmm. and an invitation to look at the ways in which it feels easier to throw something out than to figure out what to do with it instead. Right. Well, that's a good transition to our gospel then, I think. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the desolation. Mm -hmm. We love desolations on this show. (laughs) We don't have very often... It doesn't happen very often that people mm-hmm. share their desolations. We were brainstorming yesterday 
about a spinoff podcast just called Desolations. Yes. And so if you like the idea of just Desolations, <laughs> uh, so let us know. Because with enough support, uh, maybe we could put together a 20-minute episode you know, where we just Ooh, interview people heavy. about their desolations. That would be so fun. <laughs> oh, man, I'd love that. Okay. And well, that takes us to the weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> yeah. And now to the weeping and gnashing of teeth. We would always love to hear from you all. Again, if you'd like to share your desolations, please send them to us. Times where it was hard to feel God's presence moving in the world in your life. Or consolations. You know, we accept those too, where it was easy to feel God's movement in your life. We would also love to hear any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. You can email us, faith to go at edsc.org. You can uh, get in contact with us through Instagram. Those are the two probably most used mediums and, and easiest ways to get in contact with us. So check those out. Other ways of getting in contact are listed in the description for the episode. And now we're going to move on to our gospel discussion for this week, again, for July 23rd, proper 11 in year A. It is Matthew 13, 24 to 30, and then skipping to 36 to 43. And Charles is going to read it. I'll have a little bit of context, and then we'll each have a point. Take it away, Charlie. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at the harvest time I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first, and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us what the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of the Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone with ears listen. All right. Wow. Intense Jesus parable. Mm -hmm. All right. Here we get a very classic Matthew uh, saying, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Mm -hmm. Luke has this saying one time, also in chapter 13 of Luke, but Matthew uses it a bunch and, and pretty much exclusively other than that one time that Luke says it. So It paints a vivid picture. It really does. <laughs> Matthew's got a very specific thing he's going for in, yeah. in the gospel there. Um, I can just, I'm just imagining people crying while eating. I think that's my weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's a sad time when you're crying and eating, you know, when you came in, like you're crying so much that you have to eat through the crying. Uh -huh. That's soggy, a sad time of life. It's soggy smart food. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was saying, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're just chowing down on smart food, cheddar popcorn, weeping, that's weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
We are in the same chapter that we were in last week with the sower and the seeds, uh, another seed-based parable. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is on a roll here in in a thematic way. In the midst, in the middle here, uh, thirty-one to thirty-five, which was cut out, uh, is more are more parables that, and I think that chunk we're going to hear next week uh, in proper twelve. So we're not actually missing anything in any of these cut up sections of Matthew thirteen. The lectionary people just, it's like Jesus says a parable and then says something else and then and then follows up on that parable two different times. So this time, he says the first part you know, the actual parable itself, and then tell some other parables. And then they, the crowd leaves and the disciples are like, hey, can we go back to that one about the weeds and the wheat? Could you tell us what is happening with that? So that's why they've cut out the middle part, just so we can get it all kind of condensed down into a nice little block where uh, we're getting the parable and the explanation. The same thing that happened last week, because in between the sower uh, parable and the explanation of the sower parable was this little chunk where Jesus talks about why he uses parables in the first place. So anyway, that's what is happening. In the end, we'll hear all of chapter 13. Uh, maybe not that part in between the sower and the and the explanation of the sower, but you know, almost exclusively. We're not like missing any big chunks and there's nothing that's that is like being manipulated here in terms of the meaning of the reading and stuff like that. So that was a big breath. That's where we are. And that takes us to the first point, David. And I Who? think Me? you have the first I have point. It. Yes. Okay. I think I said this last time we talked about this parable. To me, the first thing that jumps out to me is like when you look up the, these words, it's referring to this very specific the word weeds. It's referring to a very specific uh, weed that you can you could look up the word darnel, D-A-R-N-E-L-L. That's one word for it, tear, T-A-R-E. So the Greek word is zizania. So you could also look up the word zizanium, which I think is another another way to, to talk about this plant. But this weed looks like wheat. That's the idea. So it grows in the same area as wheat. It requires the same conditions. It has the same shape. It has little seeds that come off the top, but they're not edible. Can't make it into flour like you can wheat, you know? So it's just so interesting to me that Jesus isn't just talking about like a bunch of wheat and then some dandelions. It's not like if you try to pull up the dandelions, you're not going to be able to pull it up right, and you're going to pull up the wheat as well. It's like you're not going to know the difference Mm -hmm. between wheat and darnel enough to successfully pull up only the weeds, you know, only the stuff that's not going to produce food and sustenance. So I think that is like a really important thing to hold as we expound on our points here this interesting idea that like it's not so much that physically you can't pull up the weeds without pulling up the wheat you can't tell the difference between the two and so you're going to accidentally destroy something that that we could use for sustenance later i'm thinking about that but i'm thinking about this idea that like when jesus is telling them this he's telling them when he in the parable he tells the servants that come to be like hey should we go try to pull the weeds out and so that the wheat can grow and he tells the servants hey just let it just let it grow just let it go leave it alone wait wait until the harvesters come because they are the ones that will actually know the difference between the two like that there are that the servants are good at like taking care of the weeds and the wheat <laughs> they can like plant them they can cultivate them, but then the harvesters are the ones that are mm-hmm. actually going to judge the difference between these two, uh, because it's too hard to tell the difference between them, because they look almost the same. 
I'm so interested in this idea that Jesus is then at the at, in the in the explanation of it talking about like well the you know the wheat is the children of the of heaven and the weeds are the children of the evil one and like there's good things in the world and there's evil things in the world and blah 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 but the message up front is but don't try to figure out which one is which you just keep going you just like keep moving on and ultimately that judgment will be will be taken ultimately in the end at some point in the end of the age whatever however we want to describe that now we could think about it like the end times like the end of the world but there are ends of ages all the time and so like at the end of this era of this thing we will know the difference between what is of the kingdom and what is not mm-hmm. and so i like this idea that it kind of like it's not so much the thing is that in the description i'm confused by this that in the in the explanation it doesn't say who the servants are. It says who the har- the reapers and the harvesters are. It said who the seeds are. It says who the weeds are. But it's like, who are the servants in this situation? I'm imagining that we are because we're described in this, and the disciples describe themselves as servants and, and things like this and other, and other points. But I'm just thinking of like how quick we are to want to judge something as e- good or evil. Mm-hmm. People, institutions... It's interesting because, like, uh, well, uh, an institution or a person I just I judge as evil is doing the same thing back to me. Like everybody thinks they're the good one, <laughs> you know. And so, but it's like encouraging, I think, to to know that, like, in the end, it's going to be revealed mm-hmm. what is of the kingdom, what is like what is contributing to the kingdom of God, and what is detracting from it. And that is, I think, that is comforting in, a, in the idea that ultimately, like, justice will, will come. Ultimately, justice will be served. There's still work for us to do. Yeah. I think we take part in that revelation in continuing to, like, grow the wheat. <laughs> you know, like, like it's, it's, none of it matters if the wheat isn't taken care of. Because, you know, you're going to have to water it all, and it's all going to grow together. That means you're going to be watering weeds as well. You just won't know it. But in the end, it will be revealed. And it's interesting because it's also like, I'm just, uh, the thing I'm thinking about is like these different branches of Christianity that have, are so vastly different in their roots, so vastly different in, in the substance of them, so vastly different in the way that they nourish people or don't, but from the outside, they can look very similar. You know, that like they have, they have like similar trappings, you know, they might have a, a similar shape. You know, but they're like vastly different in terms of their substance, mm. and that it's not until it's eventually they will be revealed to be like bringing in bringing about the kingdom of God or not. But they all think they are, yeah. You know, and so there is something comforting to me though that like sl- we've seen it ha- we see it happen over the course of history that things are revealed as either contributing to justice or contributing to injustice in various ways, and so I don't think about like. In the at the harvest at the end times, you know, like it's uh, is like the a, the end of the world. I think it more as, as like the end of an age, the end of an era. That those things happen over and over and over again. Just like there's a harvest every single year. Mm-hmm. There are many ages and eras in this kind of like cyclical way, and so at the end of an age, things are revealed and they are bundled up and taken away. You know. And and then like slowly, 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 the kingdom of God grows and grows and continues to 
build in the world. So I don't know. I love it. And I, so while you were talking, I did, I did look something up because I was just curious. I was like, can you eat Darnell? I figured you were just texting somebody. Yeah. No, I was or playing Candy Crush or something. But you cannot eat Darnell. Can't eat it. It's poisonous. Oh, there you go. And so with your, so a small amount apparently is, um, slightly intoxicating, but I know I like that, but it is poisonous. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about it with the correct word, instead of just wheat and weeds, then at the end, then what you, what is being separated Mm -hmm. is something that feeds you Mm -hmm. from something that poisons you. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Life and death. Yeah. And that is a really different way to think about it, right? Yep. Like, because sometimes we just think of weeds as nuisance plants. Right. Um, or even in the parable of the sower that, like, choke out, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But instead, what this is saying is the things that are being separated, it's not the difference between something that we have named as having value and something that we have said has no value. Right. It's actually the difference between what will nourish and feed you mm-hmm. and what poisons you. Yeah. I love the idea that a little bit is intoxicating because, like, then I'm thinking about. I mean, this is getting into a whole a whole bag of I things. Know. But it's like, it's what happens if we're when thinking about up, David. <laughs> if we're thinking about like these these various expressions of even just Christianity, like, there's plenty of there are so many. Like, I think people have had this experience, especially people who have left really conservative, especially evangelical traditions, where like a little bit is intoxicating and a lot really is destructive. Mm -hmm. And you only know that in the end. That to me is the revelation. That is the harvesting. That's the reaping, you know, like we find out eventually, you know, what is, what is food and what is poison. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's, it's painful the process of finding that out but it's like there is something about living with them both for a, enough enough time for them to grow and bear fruit and then you know to be to be figured out in the end yeah so yeah well and i think that that transitions us to my f- point and it was something that you and i talked about a little bit and it's the people who are labeled as slaves here mm-hmm. in this language in this in this reading, we only actually hear about them in the first part. We don't hear about them in the second part, the part where Jesus tells us what the parable is about. Thanks, Matthew. But no, um, but this part about the slaves at the beginning coming to him and saying, master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? (laughs) And so when Jesus explains it later, he says the one that sows the good seed is the son of man. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so basically, maybe it harkens back to, as we were affectionately calling it, the parable, the story with the weepy children, um, <laughs> the whiny children recently. Right. But it's so human to go to God, or for me to go to God, I won't speak for anybody else, but for me to go to God and be like, God, why are you letting this happen? Mm-hmm. Why? Why is this horrible thing happening? Why is my field filled with poison? Mm-hmm. Instead of just good and healthy wheat. Right. And I like the fact that Jesus pushes pause on that. In this story that is told, it's like, well, God didn't put the poison there. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't poison your field. I'm not responsible for all of it. But here I am. I'm here with you. I'm planting this good seed. Mm-hmm. 
And it doesn't say I planted the good seed and then I went away forever to leave you to, you know, tend it and care for it and whatever else. I'm a partner in all of this all the way through. I love that invitation to pause because I think that there is always an invitation to rush to judgment, um, to blame something or someone bigger than ourselves um, for when things are going awry in our lives. And while a lot of this is specifically speaking about, well, exactly what Jesus says it's speaking about. I think that there's always the opportunity in those moments to think about like, but how does it relate to how I'm living in this world right now? Mm-hmm. And in that, instead, in my frustration and the ways in which I'm feeling like the world has gone askew and that I want to like shake my hand at the air and be like, why God, why? <laughs> that instead, you know, that there's this opportunity to, to live into the fact that the season has not but yet been fully revealed. Mm-hmm. And that right now what I see as that there is goodness and poison Mm -hmm. that is out there that I have to allow for time to reveal something new coming from it and knowing that there is going to come a time to get rid of those things that are poisoning me, Mm -hmm. that they have to be pulled out in order to let the good things to be harvested and to nourish me. Mm -hmm. And so... And actually, this is another piece of it is that something you and I talked about at the beginning is that that doesn't mean that we're not supposed to do anything. Yeah. It's not an invitation to just sit around and be like, oh, well, uh, you know, everything's a big hot mess in this world right now. And but, you know, God says that at the end, he's going to the the angels are going to come and they're going to sort the good children and banish the bad children and, you know, that God's going to handle it. So I don't need to do anything about it because I don't think that that's true either. I think that we are constantly in a state of partnering with God in things and that we need to name the ways in which behaviors are toxic, Uh um, words and actions are causing harm in this world. Um, and knowing that it's always going to be that both and that we can know that nothing is complete yet, that it hasn't been revealed, that it's all in its growing season and that it will eventually be sorted out. Mm-hmm. And we can know that we are accountable for the way that our personal fields are maintained, the people that we are relationship with, whether those people are wheat or they are darnel. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are responsible for those. And some of that goes to the ways in which we speak truth um, in situations, even when it's uncomfortable or hard. Um, and that that is considered being in partnership with God. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I think it's a good time to wrap it up. I feel like we've said... A lot. Lots of things about this thing, you know. Well, if you would like to share with us what your point would have been on the podcast this week, or again, any of your questions or comments from your story of week of faith discussion and reflection, we'd love to hear from you. You can uh, get in contact with us in any of those ways listed in the description for this episode. To do a little recap here, point number one was mine, thinking about um, the weeds and wheat and how they are ultimately these things that look very similar. You can't really tell them apart until you go to try to nourish yourself by them, (laughs) you know? And that uh, in the end, uh, it's our job um, not to judge what is what is uh, good or evil, but to know that in the end, you know, what is nourishing and what is uh, destructive will be revealed. Uh, and it's our job to help that revelation come about, I'd say. Number two was Charlotte's, and it was about kind of anti-perfection. You know, it's not about the, the field being um, perfect, but, but tending to the field and and believing that God is at, 
at work in the world and, and in that work of justice and that there, there is something for us to do again. So having heard those uh, two points, again, we'd love to hear what you'd have to say about the story for this week. Uh, again, this week uh, for July 23rd, proper 11 in year A. We will be back next week to talk about proper 12 in year A. Greg will be back. Welcome back, Greg. We hope you have a great week. Until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. everybody. Nice. The sleeves set... The sleeves. The sleeves. <laughs> 